You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Three, two, one... But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Come in, everybody. Episode Three. 631. Yeah. podcast is Super American. The Amateur Sports Podcast presented by Betfred Sportsbook. It is Thursday. December 1st, 2022 people. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. Cannot believe that we are in the first day of the final month of 2022, but I'll make it go by easier with a fun episode of the Aerator Sports Podcast. Here's what you need to know. Kind of a quicker show, but I guarantee you, it's going to be just oodles and gobbles of fun, even though I think I just made up words there. Basically, we're going to focus on one topic. Uh, Wednesday was a crazy day. In the world of Deion Sanders, there was all sorts of rumor, all sorts of innuendo, three different jobs that he is currently being linked to. I kind of separate fact from fiction, tell you what I think is actually going on. Uh, But I think it's probably a little bit more complicated than most people are making it out to be. Uh, And then from there, we're just going to get right to the guest of the day. Robert Griffin III, RG3, joins the Aerator Sports Podcast. How about that? AT1 and RG3 on today's show. He was awesome, man. I'm just going to tell you, really fun with him. We talked about his college days. We talked about being recruited to Baylor. He almost quit football for track. How about the fact that Texas did, in fact, recruit him as a defensive back? Really interesting story there. RG3, really fun guest. Really genuinely enjoyed speaking with him. Uh, And then it's going to be, that's it. We're going to get out of here. It'll be quick. Friday's show, I think we'll go heavy on the college hoops. Obviously, the Big Ten ACC challenge has been this week. Indiana, North Carolina, Duke, Ohio State, Virginia, Michigan. We'll discuss all of that on Friday's show. Oh, by the way, we'll do our regular where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. And, of course, preview the college football weekend ahead. Uh, Just a couple other announcements before we get started. First of all, I know I've said previously, subscribe to YouTube if you can. We were on the road to 15K Here's the good news. That's past tense. We have hit 15K. Cannot thank all of you enough for your support. Um, What I would just say, again, couldn't do it without you. More people are consuming AT than ever before, and it is because of you guys and girls. So thank you so much. Uh, To continue that, uh, if you you do want more AT, make sure you're following the Instagram page, at Aaron Torres Pod. Uh, Betfred has been nice enough to put together some really cool graphics for me, some really cool stuff that we're doing over there with Betfred. So make sure to subscribe. Aaron Torres, 
uh, pod on Instagram. And then finally, the Aaron Torres merch shop is still very much open. AaronTorresOnline.com slash merchandise. Thank you for your support there. Plenty of inventory still available. As a matter of fact, after I record tonight, I'm going to pick up some more. So thank you there. College football, college hoops, excuse me, again on Friday's show. But with that said, let's get to the topic of the day on this Thursday show. And on this Thursday show, I think we're really kind of starting to come down the home stretch on the college football coaching carousel, something that we frankly talked about since really early to mid-September when Scott Frost got fired at Nebraska. And so it's interesting, right? Because this coaching carousel stuff, it's like this never-ending, ever-evolving thing in college football. And we talk about it, we talk about it, we talk about it, we talk about it, we talk about it. And then it just pretty much comes to an end, right? It, like in the snap of a finger. And this is the week that it happens for all the reasons that we told you. But if you go back and look at the last couple of days in college football, most of the head coaching jobs are filled, right? Saturday, Nebraska hires Matt Rule. Sunday, Arizona State hires Kenny Dillingham. Wisconsin hires Luke Fickle. Monday, we get Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Tuesday, we get Georgia Tech promoting their interim. And oh, by the way, how about Trent Dilfer? going to UAB. That one was a plot twist I was not expecting. But I bring it up because most everything is done on the coaching carousel, except for one big thing, except for one big job at the Power 5 level, and that is Colorado. And what makes Colorado especially interesting is that we very publicly know that they have offered the job to one person. It is one Deion Sanders. You may know him as Coach Prime, currently at Jackson State. Previously, oh, I don't know, maybe the greatest cornerback in the history of the NFL and a really good baseball player to boot. And so why it's interesting is this Dion Colorado kind of thing. I think at first everybody wasn't really sure what to make of it. But as we get deeper into the week, as Colorado has not filled its job and as more stuff comes out about Dion, this is getting increasingly interesting in a world where every other major job has been filled. And so we got some new information on Wednesday. I want to break it all down. I want to discuss. I want to get you guys and girls all the details because this is maybe the most fascinating coaching carousel story that we've had in a season where we have had a ton of them. And so basically, let's kind of just start with what we know about the Deion Sanders situation as it pertains to Power 5 football or even, uh, you know, FBS football, right? So Deion Sanders, as I said, I think we all know, great NFL player. Um, in the last couple of years, he's been at Jackson State and he's been absolutely killing it. And I think the question that we've talked about on this show time and time and time again, does Deion want to continue to build up that HBCU and really elevate HBCU football as a whole, or does he want to go to the next level, go to the power five level and compete against the best of the best. Well, as I said on Monday's show, if you look around, there really are no jobs that are really open to speak of except for Colorado. And what's interesting about it is that we know that Colorado has offered Deion Sanders its head coaching job. How do we know? Well, on Saturday, Bruce Feldman reported it. And on Monday, Deion Sanders confirmed Bruce Feldman's report. He said, yeah, it's true. They're not the only ones right now. My focus is at Jackson State, and that is my only priority right now. So what we know about Deion Sanders is that at the very least, he did get at least one power five off for this offseason, and it appears to still be on the table because as I record here on third Wednesday night into Thursday, Colorado has not named a head coach. What was interesting, though, was that on Wednesday, 
we got a whole bunch of new information about where Dion could or could not be headed. Remember, he said in an interview, yeah, I got an offer from Colorado and they're not the only one. Well, on Wednesday, we got reports, first of all, that South Florida, which is a very interesting job, appears to have real interest in Deion Sanders. Now, some of you would sit there and say, South Florida, it's a group of five. It's in the AAC. Why would Deion Sanders ever consider it? And I'll be honest, if I was Deion Sanders, I don't know if I would. But what I would say is it's probably one of the better group of five jobs. Remember, group of five is, of course, the, the level below the power five. So the power five is the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. The group of five is all of the other uh, teams playing FBS football. But you could argue that South Florida is maybe the best job or one of the best jobs in the group of five right now. It's located in Tampa, Florida. It's a major state university. Um, they play right now in an NFL arena or NFL stadium, although my understanding is that they actually are trying to get uh, a new on-campus stadium because it's tough to fill Raymond James Stadium. But this is a program that about 15 years ago was really operating at a really high level. They were at one point incredibly top 10 in the country. It's obviously a great place to recruit. And I do think in the transfer portal era, they're going to have a ton of success, right? Because there's a ton of guys from the state of Florida that go to the SEC, the ACC, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, Florida State, Miami. It doesn't work out. And when they're looking to transfer, go someplace, a place like South Florida makes sense. So this is really one of the premier group of five jobs. Like Colorado, it has not been filled. And if Dion is looking to get to just the FBS level, this spot makes sense. Remember, for people who do not know, he is from the state of Florida. He is from Fort Myers, which is about an hour and a half to two hours from Tampa. So kind of close to home. He knows the area, great recruiting base. And I keep saying it, but I think it's important to note. We are headed toward a world with a 12-team college football playoff. And so as crazy as it sounds, and I know some fans are going to get mad at me for saying this, but you look at a job like South Florida, remember, in the 12-team in the, in the playoff future that we have, the top six conferences are going to get an automatic bid to the college football playoff. Why that's important is because just think about it. If you're at a place like South Florida, you can win at a really high level and get to the playoff. It's going to be easier probably to get to the playoff from a place like South Florida than again, a, a place like, I don't know, Minnesota or Illinois or like a second or third tier Big Ten school that, that's got to go through Ohio State and Michigan every year. A, a second or third tier SEC school that's got to go through LSU and Georgia and Alabama every year. And so it makes sense if that is what Dion wants, if he wants to elevate to the next level. It's near home. It makes sense. I totally get it, even if it's not, I'm not sure it's something that I would do. What was also interesting on Wednesday, though, and this was a plot twist that I was not expecting at all. Like some, somehow out of nowhere, we got a report that Cincinnati is actually interested in Deion Sanders. Cincinnati, of course, Luke Fickle was their head coach. They made the college football playoff last year in the four-team era. Luke Fickle goes to Wisconsin. He decides to move on. Cincinnati's looking for a new head coach. We didn't really talk about that job, but there's some very interesting candidates, including, by the way, one Urban Meyer, whose son, I believe, is a grad assistant there. Urban Meyer went to Cincinnati. So there's some interesting candidates, but Cincinnati appears to at least have some sort of interest in Deion Sanders. And so we really have three schools that have been linked to Deion Sanders, Colorado, South Florida, and Cincinnati. And then on top of everything else, as if this stuff isn't crazy enough, 
we got the dueling report slash denial from Dion throughout the day on Wednesday. So what am I talking about? Well, it was probably about, I don't know, 1 p.m. Eastern or so. I saw this tweet come out. It's from a guy named Kevin O'Donnell, who covers South Florida for Fox 13 in uh, Florida. Okay. Now, I would say it hasn't been a banner couple weeks for the local TV reporters trying to break college football news. Remember, there was the guy in Mississippi that claimed that Lane Kiffin was resigning the day after the Egg Bowl. So I'm not saying uh, that that Kevin O'Donnell from Fox 13 in Florida uh, is, is Bruce Feldman or Ross Dellinger or Pete Thamel. But at the same time, he put out a report at, again, I guess it was a little earlier than I thought. I guess it was about 8.30 Eastern time, where he said, Deion Sanders has been telling recruits he will be at a school on Sunday. The decision appears to be down to the three schools that I just mentioned, Colorado, Cincinnati, and South Florida. So that was the report. And then, of course, a few hours later, somebody else put out a report saying that they talked to Deion Sanders and he completely denied it. And so what's fact, what's fiction? That gets you caught up on what happened. The question is what's fact and what's fiction. And what I would say is this couple things stand out. First of all, in terms of this report, Deion Sanders has been telling recruits he will be at a school on Sunday. I actually believe that more than the Deion Sanders denial, right? And let me explain why. One, when coaching changes happen, you know who the first people to know are? It's actually the recruits. It's not your current players. It's not the bosses. It's not the media. It's the recruits. Because when you go somewhere, you're trying to get players to come with you. And so I believe that Deion Sanders is saying, hey, I have something in the works. You're going to find out soon. And I believe he's telling recruits. I'll give you a quick side story and we'll get back to Deion. But if you remember, so Rich Rodriguez, when he went to Michigan, it was actually a recruiting reporter that broke the story that Rich Rodriguez was leaving West Virginia for Michigan. Why? Because Terrell Pryor was being recruited by Rich Rodriguez at West Virginia. Terrell Pryor was the number one player in America. And the first phone call Rich Rodriguez made when he took the Michigan job was to Terrell Pryor. And so that's a side story. But I believe this Kevin O'Donnell guy that says, look, I've been talking to recruits and Dion says he's going to make some sort of decision by Saturday, uh, by Sunday. Now, keep in mind, a decision doesn't necessarily mean he's leaving, but it feels as though he is at least considering those three schools. And I truly believe that he is considering leaving Jackson state. I'll be honest, no inside information. Haven't talked to any recruits, but there are really a couple reasons why I believe that Deion Sanders is seriously considering these jobs. And keep in mind the timeline of Saturday makes sense because Jackson state, and I probably should have mentioned this earlier, they still have one more game this weekend, right? And so it'd be one thing if the season was over, that'd be weird. But this is almost like a coach coaching in a conference championship game that is being pursued by other schools. You kind of wonder, is he really just coaching or is there other stuff going on behind the scenes? So in terms of why I believe that Deion Sanders could very much be in the mix for these jobs, it's a couple of reasons. First off, the normal reason that coaches kind of put their name out there and kind of deny, but don't really deny, that doesn't really apply to Deion Sanders, right? Most of the time, when a coach's name is out there, with speculation in terms of are they going to leave for another job or not? Usually, the reason that it's out there is pretty straightforward. They're trying to leverage their school for more money. Think about Lane Kiffin, right? Lane Kiffin's name was out there for Auburn for weeks, and he never really denied it. And the reason he never denied it is because of the fact that he was trying to leverage Auburn to get the most money from Ole Miss possible. 
Well, with Deion Sanders, that doesn't really apply for a couple reasons. One, and I hate to be crass, we all know Jackson State doesn't have money, okay? He's not trying to leverage more money out of Jackson State. As a matter of fact, it's actually the exact opposite. If you do any homework, if you know anything about Dion, Dion has actually given back some of his salary to help Jackson State in other areas. So in other words, his salary, I believe, is about $300,000. He's given it back so the team can get a new locker room, can get some new turf on the field. So he's clearly not using these media reports to leverage Jackson State. Um, and two, if you remember, dating back to the 60 Minutes report, which we discussed probably about six or six or so weeks ago, if you remember back then, think about that. What was the reason that Deion Sanders said that he would consider other schools? He said he'd consider other schools because it wasn't for him. It was because his assistant coaches were making nothing. And he said, it's not fair of me to ask them to pour blood, sweat, and tears into this program and not pay them what they're worth. So we already know that he's listening. He hasn't really denied anything other than that some sort of decision will be made on Saturday. He's admitted that he has had job offers. And here's the last part that makes me think that he's really considering something, including Colorado. Why I think Colorado is on the table, besides everything we talked about Monday, about the fact that, you know, it's a power five job, chance to compete at a high level, all that stuff. Here's why I think he's considering it. It's because of what I said to lead the segment. All of the other power five jobs are filled. At this time of year, if you're a power five school, you do not want to wait to fill your job. Nebraska sprinted to the finish line to get Matt Rule in place. Auburn sprinted to the finish line to get Hugh Freeze in place. They probably would have announced it Sunday if it wasn't for the mini fan revolt. Um, you know, ASU, you know, Kenny Dillingham is calling plays for Oregon on Saturday afternoon, immediately flies to Arizona to take the Arizona State job. And so all of these schools, every single one that has an opening is sprinting to get their head coach in place. Yeah, Colorado, it's now Thursday and they're just milling around, hanging out saying, eh, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll hire a coach, whatever. Beyond that, and I think this is important, like Colorado has some real candidates that they could probably get. Brian Harson at Auburn, I think would make a lot of sense at Colorado. Tom Herman is clearly out there trying to figure out uh, his next head coaching job. He wants to coach. He coached at Texas. He's recruited that area. It would make sense to go after Tom Herman. I, I would argue, and this might be a stretch, it would, I would argue it makes sense to go after Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen, you remember, before he went to the SEC, he coached with Urban Meyer at Utah. I think Dan Mullen kind of makes sense there. By the way, there's a guy named Ryan Walters, who's the Illinois defensive coordinator. Illinois, remember, finished 8-4 and four in the regular season. He's a Colorado alum, and he's out there. And so let me ask you a simple question. Why would they be waiting? Why would they be hanging out if they didn't feel pretty good that they had an opportunity to get Deion Sanders? It doesn't make sense to me when there are candidates available. Matter of fact, I'll kind of wrap on this. You know what it actually reminds me of? I do these weird cross-sport comparisons sometimes, but I was thinking about this today, and I'm probably the only one that remembers this because I'm a sicko that covers this stuff 365 days a year. But Chris Beard, the Texas basketball coach, remember, he was at Texas Tech before he went to Texas. And if you remember two springs ago when he got hired at Texas, um, Texas, they lose early in the NCAA tournament. Shaka Smart leaves to take the Marquette job. And if you remember, and you probably don't, only I do, Chris Beard at Texas Tech, his buyout dropped on April 1st. And so there was like a week where Shaka Smart leaves Texas. 
And there's really just no real buzz as to who's going to fill the Texas coaching job. All these other jobs are, are getting filled left and right, right? That was the year Indiana was open and all these other schools are open. And yet, for some reason, Texas is just waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting. And then April 1st, when Chris Beard's buyout dropped, boom, like a hammer, Chris Beard leaves for Texas. And so that's kind of what I feel like with Colorado. Why are they waiting? Why are they sitting around? Why are they just hanging out if Dion isn't their guy? Now, does that mean Dion's definitively going to say yes? I don't know. It's up to Dion. But it doesn't make sense otherwise. And so that leads me to believe that there's something to it. Again, we know Dion has a job offer from Colorado. We know he has one game left in his season. He's obviously not going to leave before that. And we know that Colorado appears to be taking their sweet time. Something doesn't add up. I'm just telling you. I wouldn't say with 100% certainty that Dion's going to be the next head coach of Colorado. What I feel pretty confident saying is I think he's seriously considering it because if he wasn't, he would have put something out by now. Colorado would have moved on to somebody else. It appears as though he is waiting it out. All right, this is what I want to do. I want to take a quick break. This is basically the end of the AT segment of the show. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, Robert Griffin III is joining the Air Torres pod. RG3 was awesome, okay? I cannot express enough how much I enjoyed talking to RG3. It's about an 18, 20-minute interview. He was awesome. Talked about his time at ESPN, getting recruited by Baylor, getting turned down by Texas, why he almost quit football to go run track full-time where he was pursuing the Olympics. It's a really fun interview. I think you guys and girls will enjoy it. Before we get out of here, because this is the final segment, a couple of things. One, we'll be back with our normal Friday show tomorrow. Um, and on it, we'll go ahead and talk a little college hoops. It was a busy week in college hoops. Uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge, we'll talk the, the Indiana-UNC game, Duke-Ohio State, all that good stuff. Um, and then we'll do our normal Friday show. But with that said, I think it is time for me to get out of here. Before we do, I want to remind you, make sure you're subscribed. Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com, that Aaron Torres Merch Shop, YouTube, and again, the Instagram page. We're going to have a lot of good stuff coming. With that said, it's time for me to get out of here. Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick, you F-head. Unblock me, bro. I'll be back on Friday with a new episode of the Aaron Torres pod. But before I leave, I'm going to throw it over to a fun little interview I did with Robert Griffin III, RG3, Heisman Trophy winner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. Listen, by now I've told you the story. Started in 1967 in the UK, over 1,600 shops in the UK, and they have come to the United States and made a major splash. They are the presenting sponsor of the Cincinnati Bengals, the Denver Broncos, the Colorado Rockies. Oh, by the way, Aaron Torres Media and the Aaron Torres Pod. And what I love about Betfred, nobody does more for their betters than Betfred does. What are they doing for you this week? Well, how about this? You bet 50 on any game, you get 250 in free bets courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. So you want to bet on college football, conference championships, NFL, college basketball, bet on anything. Doesn't matter. Betfred doesn't care. New users bet 50 on any game. And you get 250 in free bets courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. It is the best sportsbook, the only sportsbook that I work with. And I love working with Betfred. They are the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back Bracket Fanatics, the sponsor of our Aaron Torres Pod NFL Pick'em Challenge. By now, you know the story on Bracket Fanatics. We've worked with them for years with the NCAA tournament. This year, Bracket Fanatics has decided to do NFL, and specifically, they are, again, the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres Pod NFL Pick'em Challenge. For those of you who are not signed up, it is not too late. Here is all you got to do. Go to BracketFanatics.com, click the Join Bracket tab, do that. The bracket is named Torres, and you're automatically signed up. You're automatically entered once you click that Join Bracket tab. What can you win when you enter? Well, it's pretty straightforward. We are giving away a $1,000 season-long cash prize. And more importantly, for those of you who have not signed up, $100 weekly winners 
in the Aaron Torres Pod NFL Pick'em Challenge as well, presented by Bracket Fanatics. So if you have not signed up, go to BracketFanatics.com, click the Join Bracket tab. The bracket is named Torres. All you got to do, go there, make your picks, win or lose, and we are giving out $100 weekly to one lucky winner and a $1,000 season-long cash prize. BracketFanatics.com. We will announce last week's winner later in the week. Go to BracketFanatics.com, join Bracket, Bracket named Torres, automatically entered to win $100 weekly cash prizes, and of course the $1,000 season-long cash prize. All right, joining me via Zoom, uh, genuinely excited to uh, to do this interview. He is, of course, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, uh, former top five pick now with the ESP. Well, he's with ESPN doing college football and the NFL. Every time I turn on TV, I see you, my man. Uh, also here with the Allstate Good Works team, RG3, Robert Griffin the third. What is going on, my man? Hey, man, everything's going on. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun. Woke up this morning, so mm-hmm. that's always a positive. You got to sure. look at the five things and now i'm sitting here talking to you so i'm having a great day how about you i'm doing great so actually you know it's funny i I thought about this i don't know if this is a weird question or not but you are wearing for people on youtube the rg3 hat the logo is is very nice do people (laughs) like is it weird like so i could see it being both things i could see it being like everybody knows you as rg3 and only like your mom and grandma call you robert or is it the opposite (laughs) where it's weird that people call you RG three, like like I would like like if I saw you at a game, would it be weird if I was like RG three? Is that too personal? I've I've always kind of wondered that. No, it's not too personal. Like people have to understand that RG three is my initials. Yes, Robert the third. So I wasn't called that my entire life. It didn't happen until I got to college. Oh, okay, one of the local announcers, you know, I had a nice run on the sideline against Wake Forest, and he said. Oh, RG3, and it took off like wildfire. So when I hear RG3, I 100% know it's a fan or it's a teammate, you know, kind of just razz me a little bit like, oh, look, it's RG3. But my family, they call me Robert. They call me Rob, Griff, three. Sure. Uh, my strength coach in college used to call me three stacks because he said I looked like Andre 3000. Okay. So, listen, I've heard I've heard it all. RG3 does not bother me. It's, it's my name. Some people have even called me Reggie because they <laughs> – they run RG3 together, and it sounds like Reggie, I sure. guess you could say. But no, nah, if you call me RG3, there is no problems. Very good. Well, you mentioned kind of your college days, and obviously you played at Baylor. I was thinking about this, too, before we got on air. I'm about the same age as you. It's kind of amazing. Like, like you were part of kind of that, like, revival of Baylor. But but last year, Dave Aranda wins the, the Big 12, essentially third different head coach. I know Matt Rule didn't technically win the Big 12. Are you even amazed, like from where you were in high school when you committed, program was down, and maybe even take a second, like tell us when you told your parents or your friends or your family, hey, I'm thinking <laughs> about Baylor, what was the reaction relative to especially now? Well, I'll tell you, the reaction was uh, was pretty bad. Listen, at the time, Guy Morris was the head coach at Baylor, and I was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, and Guy Morris actually offered me a walk-on scholarship to Baylor. Now, granted, this was a Baylor team that I believe had lost to Oklahoma State 70 to three. Wow. That, that year that he offered me the walk on scholarship. So my mom wanted me to go to Baylor. I was a big track athlete coming out of high school. Michael Johnson, obviously, sure, there's, yeah. there's history there. So I wanted to go to Baylor for those reasons. But when I went on my visit and he offered me that walk on scholarship, 
I was out the door, very respectful to him, just understood I wasn't going wasn't gonna to go there. Coach Art Browse at Houston. I committed to Houston because mm-hmm. of the relationship that I had developed with Coach Art Browse and the offense that he ran. That's what made me want to go there. I also didn't love football at the time. Oh. So people don't know this, but I didn't love football coming out of high school. I played because I was good at it, and my friends played, so I wanted to be around my friends. So I wanted to go somewhere where I knew I could have an opportunity to play early. Houston was that place. Now, Browse obviously made the jump to Baylor, and when I committed to Baylor, I had a lot of people tell me they didn't even know Baylor had a football team. Wow. Because that's how bad the team had been over the course of years. So to see where we went from there, having to drive all the way across campus, across the city, 20, 25 minutes to get to Floyd Casey to go do 6 a.m. workouts, to having an on-campus facility, an on-campus stadium with McLean Stadium now, and then to have the team win the Big 12 championship with technically three different coaches has been phenomenal to watch. Uh, I'm glad to have been a part part of that process. And it just shows you how talent-rich the state of Texas is and how special the university can be with the right coach at the helm. All right, so two follow-ups to that. This was on the uh, the maybe list of questions I was going to ask, but I remember – when you during the Heisman run, there was kind of this, it wasn't really even a rumor. Like you, so you graduated early, go to uh, Baylor, and then you win the Big 12 championship in uh, what is it, the hurdles, I think. And yes. I remember at the time I did more writing now, more of like a video, YouTube, podcast guy, whatever. But I, I called the Baylor track coach and he said at the time, I can't remember who it was or all the details. I tried to find the article, it's not online anymore. But he said he believed that if you had stuck with track and you made the right decision, obviously, but that he believed you could have been an Olympian, a world class. Uh, I, I don't even know what the question is, but but that I remember that interview very vividly where he said, oh, if, if Robert RG3 had stuck with, with track, he could have been in the Olympics for sure. Yeah. So the coach you're talking about was either Clyde Hart, who was Michael Johnson's uh, coach in the 400 or, or, or Coach Harbor, who was the head coach at tra- uh, track and field at Baylor at the time. So long story short, I graduated in January from high school and the next weekend I started at Baylor and I did that because I wanted to go to the Olympics in 2008. Oh, wow. Uh, So I went to do that to run against better competition to get prepared for that. Ended up winning the Big 12 championship in the 400 hurdles and also regionals and got third at nationals um, as a high school senior, essentially. So I I went to the Olympic trials and I got 11th at the Olympic trials and uh, obviously, Coach Hart was there. Coach Harbor was there. But Coach Browse also. <laughs> Coach Browse actually went out to Eugene to watch me run. And the reason he did that was because I had promised him I was going to play at least one year of football, wow. no matter what happened with track and field. So he was getting the feeling, and he wasn't wrong, that I was thinking about going pro and track. Wow. Uh, because I won, I won obviously the Big 12 in regions and got third at nationals. I was an 18 year old kid, had uh, you know, these sponsors coming to me, offering me boatloads of money that I had never seen, my family had never seen. And I'm like, why not? This has always been a dream of mine. And he, he got me after the race when I got, a, I got a fifth in my race in the semifinals. He got me and he said, You promised me you were going to play one year of football. And because of that, I actually came back and played football uh, and then ended up giving up track the following year uh, because I wanted to, to, to truly invest myself into the sport. And the decision wasn't money related. I started to love football after I tore my ACL for the first time in 2009. 
when I was sitting in the training room and all my teammates were going out to practice, doing jumping jacks and having fun. And I couldn't walk hmm. I, I out there with them. So it made me miss the sport so much that I decided to give up track and field after that mm-hmm. 2009 year. And I, honestly, it's the best thing and the best decision God ever led me towards because financially my family is set. Uh, and then obviously with the TV the broadcasting opportunities, I wouldn't have had these same opportunities if I was had been a professional track and field athlete. So God's me in story. and uh, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But yes, track is still near and dear to my heart. And I actually was able to do some track coverage uh, last uh, this That's summer cool. with NCAA's and the uh, World Championships with NBC. So that was awesome. Fantastic. Last little Baylor question, because you brought up the idea that you were potentially uh, asked to walk on at Baylor. Is the story about Texas being a DB, is that true? That's another one that's like internet rumor, and I don't know if it's ever been confirmed or not, so we can confirm it right here. So we can confirm that they offered me as an athlete. Okay. okay? They came down to Copper's Cove. uh, They sat in the office of my head coach, Jack Welch, at the time in in high school and said, we want Robert, and we're going to offer him as an athlete. Um, I, I, they brought me in the office, said they offered me as an athlete. I said, coach, I really appreciate the offer, but I wouldn't really want to play quarterback. So I'm going to have to respectively decline. Um, now the way they handled that, eh, Ooh. They, they were hot. So they literally said, do you know who we are? Wow. And walked out of the office and said, we're revoking our offer. So they offered me as an athlete. I turned it down respectively. They disrespectfully walked out of the office and took the offer away. And then I proceeded to beat them twice in college. So that was awesome. See, what you should have done is accepted the <laughs> offer, gone, ran track, and then quit the football team. That, that's what you should have done. But, uh, okay, let's switch gears because, you know, you did just mention the the media stuff and now being at ESPN. And, and obviously, I didn't even know about the NBC uh, track stuff. But so let me ask you, like, like I, I watch every Saturday, you know, I host radio at night, so I'm watching all the games. I see you and Mark Jones, and it really does feel like you really have embraced jumping two feet into the media. Uh, is this something you had always envisioned doing, or or how did you end up there? Because it just feels, like I said, it, I see you on campus hanging out, doing you know the traditions, whatever, and it seems like you've really jumped into this media thing. Yeah, Aaron, it was never something that was on my radar. Um, I wanted to play for 20 years, and even if I didn't play, and I only played for five years, I just figured I would just go off into the sunset do some community work and spend time with my family. But there was an agent by the name of Mark Lepselter who bothered me for three years, starting in 2018, uh, about getting into TV. I don't know what he saw in me, but he just had a feeling that I could excel in, in TV. And I finally gave in last year in the off season. I went and did an audition with Fox, uh, did well. ESPN heard about the audition. They brought me in for an audition. And then the rest was history. So when I jumped into TV, as you said, two feet in, I wanted to make sure that people actually saw me for who I am. And that's hard to do when you're a player, especially a quarterback in the NFL, because it's real buttoned up. You know, you're the face of the franchise. You can show personality, but it's not that type of personality. I would almost equate it to how Peyton Manning has evolved since he stopped playing. I've always known that Peyton's a little funny, but people really get to see how funny he is and his energy and the attitude that he brings to the game and how much he loves the game. So for me, that three-hour show on college football, when we're calling the games, that's my opportunity to truly show people who I am and really get to go tell the stories of the players, the coaches, and the university the right way. 
that's what I look at myself as a storyteller. I like to have fun, like to show personality, but it's all real. And that's why you've seen every single week. It's the same thing with me and Mark Jones. We have a blast. Uh, I don't know if there's a, 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 a game crew that gets more social engagement than our crew. And it's not because we're doing it on purpose. It's just because we're having fun and we're doing it our way. And it's a little different for the viewer. But at the end of the day, it's always the same thing. It's about entertainment. It's about adding to the game. And some of these experiences like the UCF uh, uh, Spirit Splash, I would never get that opportunity as a player, even if I went to the school. So to be able to embark on some of those traditions is something that I've really tried to just embrace and go full full in on uh, to try to show the masses like this is what is being done and it deserves to be talked about. All right. Last one before Allstate. Um what uh, is there one tradition that you've seen somewhere else that you want to be a part of before uh, before the broadcasting career is done? Anything jump out that you've seen so far? Well, I, I know before like the broadcasting career is, is something that, you know, I hopefully can do for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, now, with ESPN no longer having the, the Big Ten after this season, I believe, uh, like some of the stuff that happens with the whiteout at Penn State, not going to really get an opportunity to experience that unless, you know, that comes back or whatever over the course of time. Um, but that is something that I would really, really love to, to be a part of. Uh, but every college, I don't, I never knew about the spirit splash at UCF. And that ended up being one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. I mean, I've completely nosedived in the pool in the fountain that they run through to go get these rubber ducks uh, for their pep rally. So that was a fun experience, but just seeing the college kids and, and hearing the stories uh, makes it fun for me. Of course, I don't really like hearing that they used to play with me on NCAA back in the day because <laughs> it makes me feel old. But at the same time, the general excitement of college football, I bring that with me to my NFL coverage, which a lot of people don't get with NFL coverage because it's more straight-laced. I'd be honest with you. They're just tearing guys down left and right, sure. to be quite honest. And I don't like to necessarily do that. I like to give constructive criticism and bring excitement to the coverage. So I do that both in college and the NFL. And I'm thankful that ESPN has em em embraced that about me because it's not something that's forced. It's not something that's made up. It's just who I am. And I'm glad that I'm able to show that. Fantastic. Well, last question. I know you got to run. Um, you know, you are here on behalf of the Allstate Good Works team, and I know they're doing some incredible stuff with – uh, do something.org in terms of getting other people involved in community work. I know you said that the plan wasn't to be in the media and to kind of be involved in the community. So obviously right. this is something that seems like it's near and dear to your heart. Just tell us a little bit about the campaign. Yeah, Aaron, it's near and dear to my heart. And, and the reason mostly is because I was a member of this team. I was a member of the All-State AFCA Good Works team back in 2011 uh, when I was going pro. And obviously we had just won the Heisman uh, there at Baylor. So I know like this is the 31st year that they've done it. And for Allstate and the AFCA Good Works team, it's always been about person over player. It's not just about what you do on the field. It's about what you do off the field. So you look at a guy like Caleb Williams, who's a part of this team, who many believe is going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. And he also has an anti-bullying uh, thing aspect to what he does off the field. He also brings a awareness to mental health. Uh, and making sure that people take care of that to what he does off the field. And that's important because by partnering with Allstate and the AFCA Good Works team and do something.org, we're actually trying to get people to go out and do something, 
right? We want to get a thousand volunteers to, to go out and get involved in their community. And, and the best way that they can go do that is to go to do something.org backslash good works team. And when you do that, you'll find different initiatives that are important to the players that are on this team, but you'll also find initiatives that are in the community that you're in that you can go out and be a part of. And that's important to me because I was that kid who grew up in a small military town in Coppers Cove, Texas, and oftentimes felt forgotten. But if you go out and you mentor these kids, you help them with food security, get them in the proper meals, it lets them know that they're not forgotten and you can actually change their life for the better. And me and you, we don't know who it's going to be or who we touch with our voice uh, through this broadcasting. But going in the community, you can touch someone in a way that could actually be the reason that they go out and change the world for the better. And to me, that's a special thing. And I'm honored to be a part of that with Allstate. Yeah, it's do something.org. And I'm looking right now, I mean, for people that, that are afraid it's like too much. I mean, you can donate books, you can do all sorts of little things that aren't, you know, physically active or, you know, whatever time consuming or whatever. So it seems like a great cause. And obviously, again, do something.org people can be involved in. But uh, Robert, RG3, uh, you know, I, I got to let you go, man. I know you got some of these other interviews, but uh, it was a pleasure I'm sure I'll see you at one of these games. You know, fun fact, I happen, I was telling our, our guy here who's running the meeting, I happen to live right by the Heisman house. So in real life. So, you know, if you're ever hanging out there with like Bryce Young and you want to swing by and grab a bite to eat, you let me know, okay? <laughs> you got it. And I uh, just want to say one last thing. Yes. Uh, for people wanting to get involved in the community, also my foundation, the Robert Griffin III Foundation, we're doing a Christmas shopping spree for kids. If you want to get involved with that, um, you can go out and do that and, and go to our website, um, uh, at rg3sports.com and uh, have an opportunity to help us out there as well. So not only is Allstate doing great things with the AFCA Good Works team, but I'm also doing some 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 fundamental things in the found, with my foundation in the community as well. But I'm going to take you up on that mill. Don't you, right. don't, you, don't you pull that one away. All right, fantastic. That's rg3sports.com, you said? Yes, rg3sports.com. All right, rg3sports.com, allstategoodteamdosomething.org. Uh, Robert Griffin III, man, dude, I genuinely appreciate the time, and uh, we'll get in touch soon, okay? All right, appreciate you, brother. God bless. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.